Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write, so what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. It's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing, the writing life, as well as some video interviews with best-selling, award-winning authors across the genres. All kinds of people. You know, I interviewed Lee Child. We got a suspense writer on the – I had no idea who Lee Child was until I interviewed him for the, for the magazine a bunch of years ago. It's a great experience. I've met all – we've got to have had all kinds of fabulous conversations that are videotaped, and they're on offer right now. I've got one with uh, Sean Wong, University of Washington. Great conversation. Interesting guy. Check it out, authormagazine.org. Can't beat it. We're also funded by the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. Those fine people have been supporting writers from Penn since 1955, and they're still doing it. And they've got a writers' conference every year. Uh, yeah, they'll be. It's in September. You can sign now. Yes, you can. Early bird special. Little get to see more agents and editors. You're into that sort of thing. Yeah, you got to do it. Yeah, do it now. You know, you got to plan ahead. But if you know you're going to do it, then do it. Then do it. It's a deal. Believe in yourself. Go for it. And, you know, if you're a member, I, you know, there's a lot of classes. I'm teaching a class in the personal essay. I do love the personal essay. If you know me, you know, that's kind of what I do. And, uh, you know, I'm teaching a class in that right now. If you're in the Northwest, you can get the classes, meet other writers. It's a great, it's a great deal. So uh, check it out at pnwa.org. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Welcome to January, everybody. Snowing in Seattle, where I live. Oh, cold. I'm not used to it, but it's okay. It's okay. My guest is from my old haunts, the East Coast, Mr. Joseph Finder. Oh, we're lucky. Lucky to get Joe. He's the New York Times bestselling author of 15 previous suspense novels, including Judgment, The Switch, The Fixer, and Suspicion. He introduced private spy Nick Heller in Vanished, an instant bestseller. And the continuing series includes Buried Secrets, Guilty Minds, and most recently, boy, it's a good one, House on Fire. That's going to be due out next week. Joe's novels, High Crimes and Paranoia, have been adapted as major motion pictures. Guilty Minds and Company Man won the Barry Award and Best Thriller, for Best Thriller, excuse me, and International Bestseller Killer Instinct won the International Thriller Writers Award for Best Novel. Buried Secrets won the Strand Critics Award for Best Novel. Now a founding member of the International Thriller Writers, Joe is also a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, the Association of, uh, of former intelligence officers. He's a graduate of Yale College and the Harvard Russian Center and lives in Boston. Yes, he does, but he's with us here. Joe, how you doing? I'm great. How you doing, Bill? Well, I'm eager to talk to you, uh, Joe. I got to say, you. I got sucked right into your novel, and I was reading along, and I always think about you know, because I write, I think about the person who's, I try not to think about the writer when I'm reading it, but I kind of mm-hmm. do, kind of yeah. do. And um, so you're an interesting guy because you obviously had a life before you were a novelist. Yeah. You had a kind of a, you had a career, it sounds like, before you started writing novels. Is that true? Or did they happen sort of simultaneously? Early, sort of the early stages of a career. I was planning on being a spy. I was planning on working in intelligence and, um, Actually, what I really wanted to do was write, 
And okay, um, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, and, so wait, wait, let me back up. Sorry to sure. interrupt, but let's back up. How, at what, see, there's an average age. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but there's an average age when I've done in my little informal study of 500 some odd novelists or writers, of when people think this is kind of what I want to do. I'm interested mm-hmm. in this. I care about it. How old were you? Can you remember? 26. Oh, okay. You were older. <laughs> okay. okay. So 26. Nine is the average age. But okay. So you were 26. Oh, well, hold on a second. Hold on I a second. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. You mean like I from, from when I wanted to write? Yeah. Okay. I was in third grade. So how was yes, that? Yes. That, that's the age. Third, fourth grade. I was grade. in third that's grade. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. So you yeah, started writing. Yeah, that was when I decided I wanted to be a writer, and my parents eventually talked me out of it, but I won. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. And what did they? What were they? What were their jobs? What were their lives like? That well, they talked my, you out my of parents it? were both professors. Uh, my dad was a professor what? of English. And, <laughs> and they talked uh, you out of it. Well, they just thought that being a writer was too insecure a life, you know, um, and um, yeah. I think they wanted me to, to go into business or something like that. And I really wanted, I'd made up my mind I wanted to be a writer. In fact, I i wrote letters to writers, uh, and this was before email, you know. Sure. So, uh, Who'd you and write? I, I wrote to a, a, a I had a, a correspondence with a children's book author. I, actually, I guess you'd call her a YA, young adult yeah. author, named Eleanor Cameron, who wrote okay. these, these great adventure books for, for boys. Yeah. And I wrote to her, and I just said, you know, tell me where'd you get the idea, and where. And I, right. I asked all kinds of real beginner questions. Sure. And I got back a form letter, and <laughs> instead of getting discouraged, I, I noted the return address on there, and I wrote, wrote wrote right back to her, and I said, but you haven't answered my question. <laughs> and and she answered. She sent me an, uh, this nice typewritten letter in reply and I wrote right back to her and she wrote back to me and this went on for like four years. Holy so I was, moly. I had, sort of, I had sort of a pen pal relationship wow. with this writer and for me this was actually really important because it was my first realization that behind a book is an author, is a person yeah. who actually yeah. does this, who makes all these narrative decisions. And I yeah. thought, how cool is this? That's what I'm going to do. Wow. So, that, you know, so I am, that is I such an I important am. realization, though, Joe, because yeah. I, I'll t- I, I advise my students that go to Writers Conference, anything you can, to make writing a real human experience, just this sort of yep. embodied name on a page. So, oh, how That's great right. that is. Yeah. That's just great. So, sure enough, I guess I was right around uh, – Eight or nine or something wow. like that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the so there you were. You were tooled in, but your parents said, "No, son of mine." And you did. You said, "Okay, mom, dad, yeah, I'll I'll go slum it at Yale, and then I'll yeah. go up to Harvard." <laughs> and uh, so you're an ambitious guy. You're bright, obviously. You know, you're you're a good student. It looks like. And and yeah. so you think, I know what I'll do. I won't be a writer, but I'll live the life that writers write about, and I'll become a spy. <laughs> Was that kind of the thinking? Something like that, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've been reading novels by Robert Ludlum, and right. I right. I really loved them at that point, and I and I and I sort of thought, now this would be a cool thing to do. And right. What I learned was that Robert Ludlum had sort of spoiled me. I sort of had this vision 
of what it meant to work for the CIA, where right. you were, you were, you, they gave you false passports and Swiss bank accounts, and and <laughs> and right. it turned out that I'd be sitting at a cubicle, translating, right. you know, Soviet economic journals from Russian to English, right? <laughs> and I just decided that was not. I, I wanted to write about it, really. Right. So that was that was my realization that right around the age of 26 that I wanted to. Right. I wanted to actually to sort of make it up and make it exciting. Right. Okay. So you were grinding it out at, at the the least uh, the least interesting corners of the CIA. The kind of grunt work that yeah. just has to get done, obviously. Yeah. It's massive... Absolutely. It's important work. It's just nothing I wanted to do. Right. And you didn't want to say, well, I'll be ambitious, and eventually they'll, they'll put me on the street somewhere, and I'll and I'll do some actual spying. But you thought, nah, it's not worth the climb. I think yeah exactly I think I wasn't meant for working in a large organization in a in a government bureau. Uh, yeah, when well, it was that. Yeah. Yeah. And the I writer just, I sort of knew that wasn't for me. Yeah. The writer the right you know one of the things about being a writer is you really have to like being alone, don't you? I mean That's you right. got you got to be comfortable with that. You got to be comfortable. Yeah. I'm not I wouldn't say I like it except here's the thing after years of writing I've begun to really um, need time alone. Yeah. If I'm in, like when I'm on book tour, I will go back to my hotel room and I'll just sort of sit by myself and read. I just need yes. to be by myself. So, oh. yeah. so, so I, you know, I don't, I don't know that I loved being alone, but I got used to it. I sort yeah, of found I, that this was an important part of my day, yeah. sitting by myself and thinking. Yep. When I do like writers' conferences, I love them. I love teaching. I just love yep. I have to go back to my room and just mm -hmm. go into a hole <laughs> and decompress because yeah. I need, you know, you. I need the alone time to sort of regenerate, get you my recharge energy. Recharge your batteries. Back. Yeah, I because I, right. I drain it when I go. I love being with people, but man, do I need to yep. be alone. Well, writing said, okay, so there you are. You you're sitting there translating Russian economics. You say this isn't for me. But you always wanted to be a writer, and you're growing, man. Now, Dad can't tell you what to do, and so you're gonna you're gonna start writing. But obviously, you got a lot to learn. Probably you've probably been been writing, but maybe not steadily. What, 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 were you trying to still secretly write a short story here and there, or anything? Not a short story. That was that wasn't what I was attracted to right away. It was I wanted okay. to write a, a suspense novel. I wanted to. All right. Write so a you novel. were dialed in. Yeah. So you knew. Well, you knew. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. 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 And, Sometimes um, you, know, you say, "Well, I have to be a real writer. I'm going to write a, a, an important literary novel, even though I really want to write." So you didn't do that mistake. You just did the thing. You knew right away what you wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, I sort of realized there's all kinds of different kinds of writing, and there are. Yeah. I, I knew people at that point who were doing literary novels, and I didn't have that talent or that ambition. Yeah. I knew I wanted yeah. to do entertainment. I wanted to write. Page turners, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's and, so important. I, it it, it yeah. is so. I mean, it doesn't sound like you've struggled with it, but I tried writing novels for many years, and it was a very yeah. close to being what I like to do. But the truth is, I like personal narrative, narrative nonfiction, personal essay anymore. Yeah, and I love and, and learning what I did was like the most important career choice, like what I actually wanted to do, as opposed to sort of the square yeah. peg in the round hole thing. So you didn't have that thing. All right, you're right in. But how did it go? Were you did you did you when you sat down to write your first novel? Did you think this is a? Did you feel like 
think I, I know what this is. It's going to take some work, but I understand it. Well, I, here's what I did. I I made a, uh, a promise to myself. I said I basically agreed I would take three years to learn how okay. to write a book, how to write All a right. novel. Because yeah. you know you've got to you have to learn how. You can't just pl- no. plow right in. You've got to, you've got to no. learn how. Yeah. And so the first thing I did was I talked to people and I got a, made a list of the greatest thrillers. Yeah. And I read them all and took notes on them. Wow, I you made notes you a student. Cards. Oh, oh boy, okay. And um, I mean everything of how the book opened and how we met the main character and right. who the bad guy is and right. at what point is there a turn and so all these issues, all these things. I was sort of taking notes about that, and then I decided to to try it, and I wrote a novel, and it, w- it really wasn't very good at all, uh-huh. and um, I gave it to some friends to read, which is actually a mistake. Um, right. I think you've I think that you've you've got to give it to people who are who who know writing or you got not just friends because friends will support right. you you know yeah. and yeah. um so yeah so i i um uh tried to get an agent and yeah. and you know the, i got my first rejection yeah how was that and and what i did instead of i mean i was sort of depressed when i got rejected of course sure sure but then I called up that agent and I said, if you <laughs> don't mind, like you, I mean, with... <laughs> you just turned me down and I would just love to know the reasons why. What wow. did you not like about the book? Right. And to my surprise, this guy said, <laughs> okay. And he, he told me, he stayed on the phone for like half wow. an hour telling me really? what, I, what I had done wrong and what I needed to work on. So I really began to, that's how I taught myself to write was through rejections, actually. Wow. So you did with him sort of what you did with your YA writer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you got your form and you just, what balls? I'm very impressed. Okay. Yeah. So you, so you, and so fearless, you were willing to hear, cause that was, I would say one of my greatest weaknesses as a young writer was, I just did not yep. want to hear it. You had a work. I just bear it. You know, yeah, you and don't that, want to hear rejections. You don't, don't want to hear uh, negative stuff. No, right? I just didn't. I just couldn't stand. I, it, it slowed things down. I got through it, but you know, it was. I I was a little thin-skinned. I think looking back. Yeah, so, we all are. I mean, yeah. you don't become a writer unless you are. So this is the difficult thing is, and yet, in order to get better, you've got to be able to hear criticisms. You do. And not take yeah. it the wrong way. No, I mean that's right. So I've gotten to this point in, in my career where, when I give my novel to my agent to, to read or my editor or my brother, who's an, also an editor. Um, uh-huh. I look forward to their criticisms. I actually want uh, because it makes the book better. I just know it's going to yeah. make it better. Yeah. So you have to sort of learn to take criticism yeah. and learn the sort of the great value of criticism. It, um, I've really, come to look at it. I look at yeah. it like a conversation now, you know, when I yep. get notes back from my editor, it, it, you know, I always bristle a little bit because I think, Oh, I, that's not, it's crazy. You should have been on there. Then I kind of come right. around, but then I start seeing it as like, this is a conversation. I'm, we're talking about this thing I'm interested in and they're telling mm-hmm. me what they get, what they don't get. And when I start seeing it that way, then it gets exciting because it feels collaborative. That's uh, right. Well, you got to get my ego out of it. Ugh, you know, I got to get, yeah. 
You know? It's like you know you hear you hear how Hollywood tests movies by yeah you know they yeah. get people together in a shopping mall and have them play a movie and they take notes from people. Yeah, this sort of crowdsourcing. Yep. You know, if you can do something like that with a book where you're gathering data, you're saying, yeah. okay, so so people did not like the way it opened. All right, let's work on that. You know, right. or people right. didn't like the main character for some reason. What are the reasons why? Let's analyze this. Right. And that's that's the only way to get better at it. Yeah. And so uh, House on Fire. So this is just for our listeners. If you're listening today, it's the 14th of January, but it comes out next Tuesday. Is that right? That's right. All right, so the 21st. So uh, it is interesting. You, you, Private Spy, it, it's, a, it's an interesting blend of kind of whodunit and and it really is both things at once, it seems to me. Uh, I don't know if that's what you went in looking to write it's with your Nick Keller novel. And, and a suspense novel. Like a, it's a sense yeah. and a It really has parts of both. You know, yeah. it reads with the same energy. And I don't know if that was the intention when you sat down yeah. to start writing it or if you discovered, oh, I see, it's both things. How did that come about? Yeah, no, I think I think I wanted to do it that way. Right. I wanted to do a classic mystery. Yeah. Who done it? And I wanted it also to be a thriller, which means we're sort of watching the process of the person right out. And right. that is the exciting part, the process. So yeah. I sort of think if there's a who done it and a how done it. And a thriller yes. is a how done it. Right. Right. And you're doing a little yeah. bit of both. That's you're doing right. a little and uh, do you um, you also it's a little bit of um, you you kind of joke about it in the book, but there's a little bit of Agatha Christie going on because you literally have a house full of suspects. That's I don't right. know if you like thought I want to do that, like I want to do a like a like a Perot kind of thing, or if you just looked up and realized that's what you were doing. I think I think it's more the latter that I realized that's what I was doing. As yeah. I was going along, I knew I wanted to to start the main part of the story in this big house and end it in this big house. Right. And then while I was working on that, I just said, this is like one of those big country houses in an Agatha Christie novel. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's a bad guy, but we don't know which one it is, you know, sort yeah. of like that movie knives out, which, you know, yes. which is have you seen it yet? Of, I haven't seen I it. I have seen it. Yeah. Is it good? It's really good. Really good. Is it really? Yeah, good. I want to see it. Very yeah. clever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got that, it's the same idea of, you know, one person in this house is guilty. Let's try right. to figure out which one it is. And of course, I'm trying to figure it out the whole time. I, I, yeah. I'm actually pretty good at it, but I got to say, you're being clever. <laughs> you're clever at it because I couldn't figure it out right away. So I was good. And it was very compelling. And you've got, good, you've got some nice subplots that, anyway, I'm not going to give it away for everybody. Go read it yourself. You'll like it. Uh, <laughs> One of the things I like about books like this, and it always exhausts me when I read it because I think about all the work that has to go into it, is it's got the level of verisimilitude is very high. In other words, there's a lot of stuff about the nature of intelligence work and how you steal information and and encrypt things. And there's all this kind of technical um, intelligence work. I assume it. You, a lot of you have to research, but some of it has to be a little based on your life while you were in the, the intelligence community. Yeah. Is it a blend of that? Of what you most of, coming in most and what you learned, most of this is research. I talk to people who do it, ah, and okay. um, I sort of have this this is an old fashioned term now Rolodex, a Rolodex <laughs> of sources. Really, really, yeah, okay. And um, because my my feeling is, I want it to feel real and authentic to my readers. I want them to feel that right. they're actually that this could happen this way. 
Right. And the way to do that is to sort of find out exactly how in reality it's done. Right. Right. And do you think I want a CIA field agent to read this and think, yeah, oh, that's pretty that's that could happen. Mm-hmm. Are you yeah. thinking of those people, too? Uh, listen, I, and I, I send the book to my spy friends uh-huh. for their, you know, and I want them to read it and just say, yeah, that could happen. Um, if, to me, it's more exciting if it's sort of if it's close, if it feels close to reality. I mean, I'm telling sort of a wild, made-up story, which I, right. has to be as exciting as possible. But I right. want the scenes to feel authentic. That's right. That's right. Because you know, whether you're reading, reading, or writing suspense or romance or liter, literary fiction, never want the reader thinking, eh, "I don't know. I don't think that would happen." Yeah. I mean, you don't ever want them stepping out for any reason. You know, right. even if the, you've got like elves and or, you know, aliens, there still has to be a sense of like, yes, this could happen. That's right. And and I I very much felt that way. I felt like I was getting a glimpse of, you know, a glimpse behind the, the, the veil a little bit about how this stuff. So it was very cool. That was a lot of a lot oh, of fun. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to. to that's, that's the effect I was aiming for. Well, you well, you definitely achieved it with me. And so that was a lot of fun. And I and when I was reading it, I don't I usually don't talk about uh uh, current events, and I'm not going to, but I have to imagine someone with your background watches the news different than, say, I do. Not just because maybe you have different, poly- I don't know, I don't care, but because of your life, you've got to view that differently than a layman, yeah, because there's a lot happening around uh, spying and international relations that maybe yeah. wasn't as prevalent 15 years ago, yeah? Yeah, that's right. And, and so um, do you. So what's yeah. that like for you watching this kind of stuff unfold through the news where it's such so such a filter, you know? Well, it it actually gets me excited about my fiction. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things I love doing is I love writing something that turns out to come true eventually. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so I have this this made-up family that's gotten rich off of opioids. Right. And yeah. Then it, and it turns out they're they're sort of I don't want to give away too much, but they're they are hiding their money in a certain way. Uh-huh, and then yep. it, I read an article about how this is exactly how some prominent families are who make their money from opioids are hiding their money away from government. No kidding. Yeah. So wow. The same thing happened, and. It's just because I talk to experts in the field. It's funny. I'll talk to bankruptcy lawyers, for example. And right. Say, All right. So let's say I'm a bad guy and I want to hide money before I go bankrupt. Right. right? How would I yeah. do it? And they enjoy – my sources generally enjoy talking to me about this kind of stuff. Sure. Sure. Well, yeah, yeah because yeah. because no, who's asking them these questions? No one – you know – People don't get asked about the things they're really interested in that much, or yeah. the things they know a lot of, the kind of that they have deep, almost geeky knowledge about. And to have someone That's come right. and say, "Tell me all about it," oh, it's oh, it's quite flattering, really. It is flattering, I think. That's right. That's right. And they get to think about it. They get, to, I mean, for the first time, what they do is cool. <laughs> right. Right. You know. I mean, there are, you know, it can be boring to be a bankruptcy sure. lawyer. I imagine. But sure. to talk to someone who says, oh, this is cool, so how would this happen? Right, right. It really gets oh. them excited. I know, and, I, I uh, certainly value it. Of, 
Absolutely. And uh, yeah, no, it's true. There's a lot of people who know a lot of things and their wife doesn't want to talk to them about it or their husband doesn't want to, their kids don't want to hear about it. And here you come. And it's great. Uh, Well, so, and so you, you studied the Harvard Russian research center. So you must've been looking at all this Russian stuff and, and differently, or was that just, were you just thinking about your books the whole time? Or were you thinking, Oh no, I've been been, I, I can't help but be kind of obsessed when I watch the news about what's going on with Russia. Yeah, what they're doing. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Do you, are you stunned that they're back in prominence again, or did you see that coming? No, I think they haven't left, and uh, right. they've been doing this. They've been doing this for for years now, probably before 2016. Yeah, uh, yeah. And um, you know, it's it's funny to think of how governments like like the Russian government can basically achieve such a major result with right. these kind of secret behind the scenes maneuvers. Right. Uh it's it's kind of scary. Yeah. And, it is. Uh, yeah. So I'm I, I find it fascinating frankly. It's it's been it's been eye opening for me for a lot of people. And um I have to say I'm kind of interested to see how the next go around goes. It won't go the same way. I mean, they might try the nope. same stuff, but I don't think it'll go the same way. It's going to be just because of everyone's awareness, it'll be different somehow, for good or bad, I don't know, but it's going to be different, yeah. I'm sure. You know. That's right. They're, they'll do different things and they'll probably do some of the same things and Right. Who knows if they'll get caught. Right. 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 Yeah. God. All right. All right. And people, yeah, I mean like there was look there was just a story I think yesterday about, yeah, about um about the, the Ukrainian the, uh, people, yeah, the Ukrainian, Ukraine, right. yeah. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, how do we know this? <laughs> this is the way I watch the news. Like, okay, right. so then this is, this came out in a report by some <laughs> private firm in California. Right. My guess is that someone in the intelligence in the intelligence community leaked this information to them. Right. And so very often we're we're seeing government leaks coming out through private means. Right. So I sort of think, you know, this is this is the way my head works anyway. Yeah. I'm sort of used to, I'm sort of looking for the conspiracy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, suspense writers got to be looking for the conspiracy cuz I mean there's always a level of that in a lot of suspense isn't there? Something that's not being something that's happening that that nobody knows about but it's malicious in some way the ground and the hero's got to find out. I mean, isn't that a lot of what yep. on some level suspense is? That is what the classic conspiracy novel is all about. Yeah. And that's yeah. sort of what I do. All right. So let me ask you this. When you made your list, I meant to ask you this when you first said it, when you sat, you said, I got to be a suspense writer and you sat down and made your list. What were mm-hmm. five of the books that were on that list that you had to read? Um, the Eye of the Needle. Yeah, I can't follow it. Yeah, it was the first suspense novel I ever read. Was I the yeah, name? it's a great one. Oh um, yeah, oh. Um, the Day of the Jackal by Frederick yep. Forsyth. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Spy Who Came in from the Cold by John oh, Le Carre. Yeah, yep. Um, Nelson DeMille's The Gold Coast. Yep. I don't know if you've read oh. that. That's a terrific. I haven't read it, but I'm familiar with it. Yep. Um, God, what else? There's a there's a long list. Eric Ambler's. This is taking you back, you know, to the 1940s and 30s oh, and 40s. Oh. Eric Ambler's um, A Coffin for Demetrius. Ooh, so I mean, there are never... there are writers that go as far back as Ambler and Graham Greene, 
who wrote yeah, terrific yeah. novels that I read. I was a and huge Green Green fan. Yeah, oh, I was a huge Green fan for growing up. And they hold I just up. loved it. Oh hell yeah! Oh, yeah. he was an w- interesting blend of, you know, he was he was he was entertaining and he was literate. He was an interesting guy. I got to say. Yeah, he really was. Yeah, he was unique. He was unique. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, those are good ones. I was going to say Eye the Needle. He was, he was a beautiful writer. I, you know, um, mm-hmm. Power and the Glory. I tried yeah. to get Power and the Glory made by Roger Corman's company. <laughs> I, when I was working there, I got close mm-hmm. to having them make Power and the Glory, uh, this B-movie company. I thought, it's got to be done. Um, yeah, all right. Well, let's, listen, Joe, you're an interesting guy. Uh, unfortunately, our, our time is nearly up. Now, uh, so House on Fire, that comes out next week. And I assume... It's it's available everywhere, obviously. Are you going to do a book tour on it? I am, yeah. Okay, and if people go to your website, will they? Can they find where yeah, you're going to be? If they go to josephfinder.com, right? The the tour cities are posted there. All right, good. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, I'm sure you I'm sure you give a nice presentation. Uh, so people, if you want to go check it out, go buy his book, get it. If you like, but if you want to just read a book you can't put down, go get. House on fire. It's awesome. But Joe, I'm not quite done with you. I got one more question. What I want sure. you to do is finish this sentence. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? The importance of reading. How interesting. That's really where you learned it, isn't it? I really think it is. I really yeah. think that the way that writers learn is by reading and you get turned on by it, and then you sort you want to sort of figure out how behind the scenes did this happen? How did this writer make it happen? Right. Uh, That's interesting. And so I sort of approach. So basically, I've I used to devalue it, but now I realize how important how important reading is as a way yeah. to learn how to write. I agree. I agree. It's where I that almost every writer I know. 95% of them began as voracious readers and then it yep. just turned into it. Yeah. Well, exactly. Joe, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Good luck. You don't, you don't need it, but good luck with house on fire and all your other books. Thank you so much. Great talking with you, Bill. All right. Take it easy. All right. Bye-bye. It's true. People read, 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 read just cause you love it. it. Teaches you what you love and it teaches you how to write. It's awesome. It's awesome. I will be back again next week with another fabulous guest. Yes, I will. Thank my producer, R.J. Jeffries. Thank you, R.J. Until then, go find something you love and do it. Uh-huh.